Hey, it's um, Sari Hewlett <coughs> talking to you today. Um, I'm the host of the Core Expert podcast and today I'm talking about the difference in different styles of Pilates and predominantly it's going to be the difference between mat work versus reformer work versus all the other <coughs> studio equipment and you'll just have to excuse me I've got a little tickle in my throat um, which doesn't seem to have been going away today but um, a lot of people are aware of what Pilates is and Pilates has been um, made a lot more mainstream um, these days it was originated by a, a German Austrian called Joseph Pilates who was um, a prisoner of war um, after moving to the UK in World War II. He was a sickly child, basically developed a method of moving because he had asthma and rickets as a and rheumatoid issues as a youngster and used to do a lot of martial arts and gymnastics and he was sent um, and looking after prisoners of war in beds in the uh, camp in the UK and what he found happened was he would try and get the, the sort of um, sick soldiers better and the way to do that was by attaching springs and pulleys and things to the bed so they could exercise so by the time they were able to get up and about on their feet and get onto the floor and move they were obviously in a better place so that's basically how it was born it was born out of a need for people who were ill or injured or sick to get stronger and what has basically happened um, after the war was he moved to America he set up a um, Pilates practice or basically it's called a Pilates practice but he set up a studio and basically built the type of equipment that he was using in the hospital with his wife Clara and they started just seeing people in New York he got quite a big following because his studio was around the corner from the New York Ballet and a lot of the dancers would come to him for rehabilitation because he was getting so, such good results. Obviously from that point of view there his name and his reputation grew and obviously society ladies started to go and see him as well. So that's a little bit of a background to Pilates and it's a little bit interesting because the misconception that we have when to the method come to see us is that they think you know the mat work is the easy stuff and when they're strong enough they'll start to look at going on the machines and obviously from its origins in hospital beds you know the beds were the start point people needed to be able to support their body weight and they couldn't so they used to use the pulleys and the springs and the resistance on the hospital beds so in actual fact it's actually the equipment that is the place to start so if you're using things like the reformers reformer is basically one of the beds that you lie on it's got a foot bar and it's got resistance springs that attach the bed to 
the, the end plate on, on the machines and it means that you can do a lot of work in various different ranges on the um, reformer beds and the reformer beds are what most people are familiar with you know if you look on the TV channel they'll have a, a rebounder um, that people are lying on and jumping on like a mini trumpet um, you'll have legs that you can do sort of a legs attached to springs with you can do arm work in them as well and that's basically the reformer setting which has gone gained sort of great popularity recently for doing um, group work group classes and um, <coughs> they're a really good way to move they're a really good way to exercise because what we're doing is we're using the springs as some resistance but also we're using the springs and the pulleys as a form of support as well so if you're not quite strong enough to be able to hold your legs you know six inches off the ground the springs and the pulleys can help you and that's been a really really good way to start getting people stronger start getting them moving better start getting them sort of moving into towards the strength that they need to go and do things like the um, mat work. So that's a little bit about how Pilates should be used. You know, you're looking at the mat work and working on that as an end game, as the ultimate goal, as opposed to it being the start point. Um, mainly because most of us just don't have the strength like just to be able to move well and use our own body weight to support is really really hard work um, so having a start point on the equipment and most people will probably know what a reformer looks like now and we're and, you know quite familiar with reformer style of classes that seems to be the easiest way to go um, other bits of equipment that you might have heard of will be the trapeze, the trapeze table. Um, that looks a little bit like a four-poster bed, so it's a slim line, but it's got four poles that are quite tall in there. Um, and that is called the trapeze table. Some, um, some people call it the Cadillac. And again, it just allows for a slightly different range of movement. He's got things like a wonder chair, which is an, an adaptation of a chair. And the chair has got some pulleys and springs on it that allow you to push it a bit like pedals. Other things would be um, a ladder barrel or a small barrel, which they call the spine collector, spine corrector. And it's basically like a half barrel that you can roll over or lean over, which just allows you a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more stretch. Um, but they're the sort of main big pieces of equipment that people tend to be familiar with. So the reformer beds, the trapeze table, the chairs, the barrels, they're the main stay of the Pilates equipment. Obviously there's other little things as well, you know, he had like a Peter Paul and some toe correctors and, and smaller bits of equipment that he used, but um, the adaptation for most studios has been to um, go with mat work. A, it's the cheapest and easiest, and B, it's the most reproducible, people can actually do it at home. And the other mainstay has been the reformers because it's something that a lot of people can do in unison safely. Um, you know, if you've got X number of people lying on a bed all doing the same thing, a lot easier to control where things like the chairs and the trap tables there and the barrels, they don't lend themselves as freely and easily to group classwork. And probably the interesting thing to be aware of when we're talking about Pilates and the Pilates method is that most of it is aimed at 
and should be aimed at very individual based work. What we're looking at is, you know, how the body's moving, what bits are functioning well, getting the body to return to normal movement. We're looking at assessing, you know, what style um, is best suited, you know, do we need to stretch some tissues, do we need to strengthen other tissues, is there a muscle imbalance that's going on here and there, and that is just things that are not addressed at all in a group class situation, because obviously a group class situation is, is what most people are familiar with Pilates in, and again, when um, Joseph Pilates started, it wasn't really group classes and certainly with all his dance students and if you see um, some of the old footage of him working with his wife Clara a lot of it was very much individual one-to-one -one based a lot of it was he did some some group work um, you know but a lot of it was pretty much you work with somebody one-on-one -on -one and you're trying to get good movement, good skill, good follow through on that more one-to-one -one basis. And that's, that's where Pilates has, you know, long been the best and the most effective way of doing it. Um, these days, there's heaps and heaps of different methods. The um, original sort of obviously the four the founders were Joseph Pilates and his wife Clara um, what they did is they taught their methods and they had people that studied underneath them and these people are tend to call the elders so those people that actually studied the method and went on to teach Pilates under those two are what they call the Pilates elders um, now they're the ones who probably studied what we'd call the classical um, the classical style, it's, it's as he taught it, very much consistent with how he, how he did his movements, very much consistent with how, you know, he intended it to be. Through the years, there's been different methods that have come about. So you're, you might be familiar with the pole star method, the stop method, there's the Basai method with um, Rao, there is um, a few other major, major sort of players that um, have, have basically made their own interpretation of the Pilates as it was. So in terms of the different methods that are taught, you will find there's a classical, um, the classical method, which is what we're really doing is in keeping with how Joe Pilates actually taught it. It's, it's very much to the roots of how he did it. It's very much to how he intended it to be run and how he styled his exercises and how he taught them. Some of the other methods like Stott, <clears throat> and this is just my opinion on Stott, um, is that it's very much aimed at sort of a fitness criteria and aimed at sort of, you know, changing it around so people are looking at the fitness style. You've got people who do it like the pole star, pole star method, which is broken down a little bit more and, you know, it caters a little bit more to rehab. And then obviously there's different offshoots like um, body arts and science. There's different methods that have been sort of um, instituted by different um, different teachers. So more, some that are aimed at, you know, a two weekend fitness course or a um, you know people who aim them more a more broken down rehabilitation style of Pilates 
and they're all just a slightly different in how in how they function and how they work and what that means is that there's a wide range and a wide variety of how Pilates is then interpreted we look at how you know how do we know if somebody is doing the right thing how do we know if somebody isn't how do we know if you know people have been really well trained and how do we know if someone's just done a four-hour course and and claims that they teach Pilates and that's that's sort of one of the big bugbears within the industry and probably a big bugbear you know if you're looking at just fitness um, and physio and health in general how do you tell these days if somebody has good knowledge um, all of our instructors are either trained by one of those major organizations and you know they've had to do a few hundred hours of, of work I mean certainly I'm Polestar trained and that took me a year to get that qualification and we had to do you know X amount of um, tendencies as opposed to somebody who does a two-day course at eight hours a day and then starts teaching in a gym setup it, it's a very different style it's also a very different quality of what you're looking at so um, I would probably if you are looking at somebody and doing your Pilates with somebody just having a look at the you know what kind of things they're looking at you know how big the class sizes is typically um, if you're looking at somebody who's a physio and you're looking at doing what we call clinical Pilates what that really means is that we're using our knowledge that we find when we assess you so we're looking at you know what we see how we see what you're doing um, how we view whether your body or your back is moving one way or another and we mix that with our manual techniques our clinical knowledge how we need to stretch and move your joints combining it with actual work by function so you know if you have trouble bending your hip and your glute muscles are weak we might use something like the reformer bed to get you to bend and stretch your hip while you're moving it while we sort of mobilize your joints and maybe strengthen them at the same time so that's an example of how we might use clinical based pilates if you're looking at like the group sort of setting um, and you're looking at fitness I'd be sort of wary of having anything that's over, you know, 12 or 16 in a class. You know, from a mat point of view, maybe 12 we can do quite easily. We can sort of keep a good eye. Once it starts getting over that, it tends to be quite hard to be able to get around and, and give everybody the attention that they require. Definitely in terms of reformer work and bed work, you know, it's really, really hard to be looking at that higher number. You're looking at trying to get everybody doing the right thing that's effective making sure everyone's got good technique and I'd probably say you know our classes run at 10 um, 10 maximum and I'm not happy with 10 you know probably probably six would be a good number um, but you know 10 is you know with obviously people run a business and you've got to be where you've got to be mindful of, of covering costs and making sure that you know everything is effective and if people are going into a group situation and they know it's a group fitness situation you know you want to make sure that your group teacher knows their stuff and that the clients are getting out of it what they want to get out of it so definitely sort of the new movement these days seems to be moving towards um, the exact opposite of what and how Pilates was intended the movement these days seems to be towards 
big classes, getting everyone in and out, you know, churning people through and not really looking at the quality of the teaching behind it and not really looking at the emphasis of technique and what's going on behind it. And, you know, at the end of the day, from a perspective point of view, if you're going in to do an exercise and it needs to be effective and you need to have that mind-body connection to make it effective, if you don't know what you're doing and why, you don't know where you should feel it or how to move or how it should work, you don't know what you should be doing and how to do it safely, you're not going to be effective. And that, that's the scary thing that, you know, people are getting bad experiences or poor experiences because they're not going to the right thing. Same like going to, you know, a gym um, and you're, you, you know, you rock up and do your own thing in a gym and you're using the equipment but you're not really sure what the, the bits are for. Are you actually working your triceps? Are you working your biceps? Are you working this muscle or should you be using that muscle? You know, at the end of the day, it's all very much based on how you move and what you do and how much resistance there and how little resistance there and Pilates is very different in that in that we might want you to have the lighter resistance to work your core harder as opposed to the heavier resistance which makes it a bit more leg orientated so a bit of a difference in how to work and do Pilates the machines is the way to go to start with to get you enough strength to be able to hold your body in space and work with the mat whereas the common sort of conception or common belief as we see it is that people tend to think that it's the opposite way around you start on the floor and on the mat and when you're good enough and strong enough then you progress and change over to um, the machine so you know have that in the back of your head that it's not quite the way you think it is and you know doing it a little bit differently and maybe looking at if you have the opportunity to do some reformer work um, in that sort of setting or some one-on-one -on -one work you're going to get a lot more out of it than not hopefully a bit of info for you there hopefully you learned something and we'll talk again soon signing off